This Dharma Talk is brought to you by the Chicago Zen Meditation Community. Learn about us and our teacher, Miyoshi Thompson, at zenchicago.org. Well, it's uh, good to see everybody here and on Zoom. Uh, I was battling a, a mild cold last week, and uh, it feels good to be able to attend in person again. In the short time that I was away, I was reflecting on how much of this practice is communal. And um, many of our teachers have said that we don't practice by ourselves, rather we practice with all beings. And you know, just a word of gratitude, I'm finding myself feeling very grateful to be able to practice with all the beings in the Sangha. And so I'd like to share uh, a little bit of my practice with everybody. Uh, and to kind of start off uh, the talk tonight, I'd like to lead everybody in a short guided meditation again. Uh, I've done it a few times and it's worked well. So everybody's uh, okay with it. We get back into our uh, Zazen posture. <clears throat> So let's take a moment here and get settled. And I'd like for all of you to just try to notice essentially what is the loudest thing in your current experience? Is your awareness pulled toward any particular experience? Find yourself in your awareness pulls toward particular changed thoughts, sensations in your body. Perhaps certain emotions that are present. Whether 
what you're experiencing, whether you feel like it's pleasant, do you feel that it's painful, or do you feel that it's neutral? Another way we could think of this is, do you find yourself wanting to move towards it? yourself wanting to move away from what's coming up? Or do we want to find ourselves not wanting to move towards it or move away from it? So we'll just keep that in mind and uh, I want to thank everybody for doing that exercise with me. And so tonight I'd like to talk and discuss a little bit about the second piece of the second question I had asked, which was noticing, one, what is our current experience? The second piece was, did you find it pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? And did we find that we move toward the experience? Do we want more of it? Do we enjoy it? Is there an element of grasping in it? Or do we notice that you know, we're looking away from it? Do we push it away? Maybe these what we were experiencing, we didn't like. In the ancient uh, Pali text, the Buddha, I think the, yeah, the Sangha with him labeled this mental phenomena as Vedana. And it shows up in quite a few of the early sutras. And it's referenced in quite a bit of the Mahayana text as well. And the Satyapatthana Sutra, which is the foundations of the mindfulness, it's the second foundation. And in all the translations that I was reading, it was translated as feelings. Uh, Part of the reason I wanted to do the exercise is that it's not really feelings, right? It's uh, really our grasping or aversion, our uh, relationship to the feelings and what's coming up for us. Um, it might seem like a small point, but I think Vedna uh, was a pretty big deal to early Buddhists. Um, there's a collection of sutras called uh, Vedana Samyutta, Samyutta, and in it the Buddha states the following. He says, uh, bhikkhus, there are three types of Vedanas. What three? Pleasant, painful, and neither painful nor present Vedanas. Bhikkhus, these are the three Vedanas. All of them are suffering. So, you know, what does this mean? One thing I find interesting is that it's like any Vedana, whether it's even neutral, it is considered, uh, the Buddha says, uh, that suffering. And perhaps, like our own grasping and aversions to what comes up in our own bodies and in our own minds is a major component of what drives a lot of our suffering and what drives separation from our lives. And I think it almost gets in the way of forming true intimacy with each other. Uh, 
my six-year-old daughter uh, recently started, started first grade. And in a recent pickup, she was in the playground very upset. Apparently, someone had ruined a project that she was working on. And she felt that some of her friends were being mean to her. And my first instinct in these situations is some version of like me asking Marin to like get over it, or to like remove her from the situation as soon as possible. And in this most recent situation, I realized that all my garbage and all my baggage was just showing right up when she was freaking out. And like the thought of her being bullied at school, you know, terrified me. And like the dating was so strong that I just like, do not want to feel any of that, that I'm harsh to her. Right? So it's like my inability to actually be in my own experience to be open to my own experience causes me to be harsh to her. And so I was kind of noticing, like I noticed that this came up, oh, like I'm, I'm trying to push this away. And then I just was like, okay, this is what's happening. I let the experience wash over me. And as a result, like I was upset and I, and Marin was upset. And we actually were resonating in like the same frequency of being upset. And that's when I was like, oh, is this intimacy? Is this like what this actually is? Is this what intimacy is to be able to meet somebody where they're at and allow their feelings to impact you, even though the initial response might be, you know, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I definitely felt like she didn't feel like she was alone in these feelings. Like she felt like, oh, someone else is here with me. And so perhaps like, those feelings won't be so scary for her in the future either. Because there's an element of, oh, these feelings are dangerous because it's like, oh, you end up being alone, maybe disconnected. So the third patriarch said wrote the following poem uh, titled Faith in Mind. And the poem, the first stanza of the poem says, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undistinguished. Make the smallest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are infinitely set apart. Dogen, in what I consider to be this like echo of the faith in mind, states the following, if there's the slightest discrepancy, the way is as distant as heaven from earth. If the least like or dislike arises, the mind is lost. As I read these two poems uh, to you, um, I think of pre uh, preferences, likes and dislikes, uh, as, um, as them being synonymous with data. And you know, it's the movement towards or away from our present moment, ex moment experience. And so we might think that, oh, okay, like I need to get rid of Veda, right? Like I should actually not have likes and I should not have dislikes. But I think that that's actually just another form of Veda, right? It's easy to be like, to start self-flagellizing ourselves, be like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way, I shouldn't feel that way. And I don't think that that's what they're getting at. And I think that's what the Buddha means by not having painful Vedna or, or the absence of painful Vedna and pleasant Vedna is also suffering. So this, this isn't necessarily like 
to ask, is it to get rid of our preferences? So like, what's to be done? And I, I personally think, I keep coming back to this path of intimacy. I think we need to like be intimate with our likes and dislikes and our preferences. Like, we just need to be aware that they're there. Right? We don't need to change them. We don't need to modify them. We don't need to, you know, we just need to, for life venture, I think we need to like love them and give them our full attention and not look away from them. In the same sutra, the Buddha says, the disciple of the Buddha, mindful, concentrated, comprehending clearly, understands Vedana, understands the origins of Vedana, understands when Vedana ceases. And this to me sounds very much like he's very intimate with these feelings. He's very intimate with what is happening. You know, and it's interesting, I think our likes and dislikes can, like, create, like, imaginary worlds for us. You know, and our task isn't necessarily to push back against these processes, but, like I said, to become intimate with them. Um, another anecdote or story is that on my uh, uh, Buddha, so my altar at home, the Buddha is right in front of a window that has lots of trees behind it. And this fall, I've been really enjoying the leaves changing colors. Recently, the light was shining through, uh, and there was like this kind of orange hue that was hitting the altar. And I looked and observed it, and I just felt like overcome with gratitude and warmth. Uh, you know, and as I was feeling this, I like start. I began to think that you know each of these leaves. Like giving themselves back to the tree. And the tree is like breaking down the chlorophyll, reabsorbing the nutrients. I began to wonder if the leaves felt pain during this process. I wonder if the tree felt sorrow as thousands of its small friends would soon fall to the ground. And at this point, I noticed I was like, you know, not very much in the present moment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like making up you know, a story about what's happening. But instead of being like, oh, I'm going to stop thinking, I noticed that I had really positive faith in the, around the story. I really liked the story. And so instead of shutting down the story or trying to weaken the faith around it, I tried to become intimate with it. I was like, okay, I really like the story. I have like, the story is interesting, you know, but also there's the sun is shining in, you know, there, there were feelings of warmth, there was gratitude, I was feeling a little bit of sorrow, the story was present, and all the strong impulses of the Vedna, they all existed at the same time. All of this was just kind of unfolding. So there was never like any shutting down the preferences. There was just like, the, the preferences are just a part of the present moment experience. They're not outside of it. But the awareness of them also lets you like fully integrate into what's happening around you. And for me, at least, it brings forth a little bit more compassion into these situations. 
especially the adversive emotions that I have. So anyway, I think it's an interesting practice you know, to notice what you feel pulled toward and what you move away from. And I think it's also interesting to notice how this impacts our relationship with others and how does it impact our relationships with ourselves.